Alexa, what is diet culture? Here's something I found on the web. According to thriveglobal.com, diet culture is a set of beliefs that worship thinness and particular body shapes. This is Dr. Aaron Nitschke. This is Dr. Darian Parker. This is Decoding Diet Culture. What's up, everyone? Welcome to season two of Decoding Diet Culture. In the last series, what we did was go over diet culture in general, body positivity, diet culture myths, all of that. This season, we are focusing on different fad diets or different dietary eating patterns and examining things such as history or its inception, what it's marketed for, what the purported benefits are, summarizing the protocol. So how how do people go through these diets? And then some considerations, faults and flaws. And then we'll give you a take home at the very end. So that's how each episode will examine these different diets. The first one we're going to dive into in our first episode is the carnivore diet. It has become increasingly popular and some of the history. So it's, it's an all meat diet, just as the title says, carnivore diet, zero carbs. It's, it's that kind of approach. It stems from, from really two beliefs, which is kind of interesting. First that our ancestors ate mostly meat and we should really get back to our roots is, is what the proponents of this diet really advocate for. The second belief is, and it's an erroneous belief that high carb diets are to blame for the world's rates of chronic disease. That's really not the case. And we don't so much have an epidemic of obesity. We have an epidemic of a lack of physical activity, poor stress management, and unbalanced eating patterns. So we can hardly blame high carb diets for all the the wrongs or the the issues that people face related to their health. So Dr. Sean Baker, he is a former orthopedic surgeon, emphasis on the word former, was a major leader in this particular approach. He published a book related to the carnivore diet and co-founded something called Rivero, And it's an online social community that coaches individuals on this approach in the carnivore diet, how to do it, how to get them through it, et cetera. He also lost his medical license and was cited as incompetent to practice as a licensed doctor. So you can kind of draw your own conclusions there. Um, There's really not good evidence that says this is a great diet. And yes, back in the day, our ancestors did have to do that, but they also lived in very undeveloped times, not modern times. And the, the longer time goes on, the more we discover about nutrition and health and what impacts it positively and what detracts from it. So in the beginning, the, the way the carnivore diet was marketed was to aid in weight loss and improves mood, which is an interesting one and helps regulate blood sugar. Also interesting. So in the purported claims, they're kind of taking some creative liberties with what the science actually says while not supporting those views with actual evidence. So when you look at the protocol, so this dietary approach eliminates all foods except meat, fish, 
and certain animal products, but it's not exclusive to red meat, which I also find very interesting. Anyone following this diet excludes things like fruits, veggies, legumes, grains, nuts, and seeds. So right there, we're eliminating fiber, complex carbohydrates, a a huge list of micro and macronutrients and good fats, healthy fats, omegas, things that we need to just physiologically function at an optimal level. Many protocols also avoid specific dairy foods due to lactose. So this could include butter and hard cheeses, might include yogurt, certainly cow's milk. So proponents also encourage eating fatty cuts of meat to achieve calorie goals or daily energy needs. Because when you think about cutting out any one group of macronutrients, so your carbs, fats, or protein, you're also, you're not just cutting out the macro, you're cutting out a necessary source of calories to help fuel the body. So of course, when we eliminate in this case, um, everything, but protein, you're eliminating really two categories of macronutrients. And that is therefore two sources of calories that we need to function and fatty cuts of meat are going to be more calorically dense than say lean fish or chicken. So that that's a big red flag is eat the fatty cuts. Uh, we know that too much saturated fat is going to become an issue uh, for people if it is a habitual intake. The approved foods on this particular diet include red meat, so your beef, your pork, your lamb, and fish. Other options include organ meats, which super high in cholesterol um, and and fat, poultry eggs, even though, um, some choose to eliminate eggs, eggs certainly are included in the long list. Lard is included. That's basically just fat, a big gross pile of fat, bone marrow, also fat, (laughs) butter, bone broth, dairy products are limited to include those foods that are actually low lactose. So you can have dairy products that are low lactose, but still be a dairy product. So it depends on which protocol you're following, because as with any fad diet, there are different ways to approach it. It depends on the quote unquote professional that is promoting it. Some considerations and faults and flaws with this that, that we've picked out, it seriously lacks fiber we need this for digestive health. We need this for fullness and the nutrients. It's so important for colon health to have fiber. A lack of fiber is one of the contributing factors to developing colorectal cancer, which we know in certain generations is on the rise. And we're not quite sure why that is. Research has not become clear on it, but lacking fiber, there's no fiber in meat. Um, fiber is going to be found in your your veggies, your fruits, the skins of fruits, particularly nuts, seeds, chia seeds, all kinds of things like that. Your whole grains, great source of fiber, things like rice and potatoes, all of that. But those foods that, that have been eliminated in the carnivore diet are also really full of phytochemicals, micronutrients, micro minerals, all the things that we really do need to function at our best on a cellular level, not even just physically in, if you're looking at exercise performance, cognition, all of that, 
but looking to perform at our best cellularly. We can't see what's going on cellularly unless we have some sort of blood test or what's also cool is what the body can tell you by doing a hair tissue mineral analysis because the minerals do live in your body. And HTMA for short is going to give you a six month picture of what's been going on in the body. So you're likely going to be really undernourished without really knowing it. Because again, we can't see what's going on tissue wise and cellular wise. The other thing it's loaded with salt and, and I don't want to say the wrong kinds of fats, but too much of a fat that's not as healthy for us and as beneficial for us as some of those good fats, like your pro-inflammatory and anti-inflammatory fats. Um, so your omega sixes and your omega threes. We're also not getting those monounsaturated fats from things like nuts and seeds. Thirdly, it's really difficult to sustain and it is super restrictive because again, we're focused on one food group, meat, not even protein as a huge category. Cause you have to remember protein is found in plants. There's a lot of plant proteins. Pea protein is a huge source of protein, beans, legumes, nuts, all of those are sources of protein. So we, what we're really talking about here is just a group of food, which is meat. It, it restricts so many other things. So because it's so restrictive, it's missing these key nutrients like antioxidants, those phytochemicals. So those plant chemicals and your healthy fats. And really when you dive into this diet, what's super interesting is there's no guidelines on the calorie intake, serving size, meal timing, anything like that. It basically, the message is eat meat all the time, all day, every day. And diving into the research, there's a lack of a real rich body of research or any evidence-based support that the primary claims, remember weight loss, improved mood. Those were two of two of the claims for sure, as well as regulating blood sugar. The evidence is not there to support this. And I'm talking evidence from legitimate databases. So like a university library source or peer-reviewed journals or legitimate registered dietitians that support this. Um, it also demonizes the carbohydrate macronutrient food group, which is so present in so many fat diets that will be kind of really unraveling in these episodes. But this just continues to perpetuate this low carb mentality and really low carb is not best. We can't give these like blanket statements that, that prescribe a diet to one diet to every person. Your needs vary from day to day. My needs are different than your needs. Your best friend's needs are different than your needs. So the two, two individuals can be following the exact same plan and have completely different results and sometimes no results at all. So this diet particularly demonizes that carbohydrate macronutrient food group. And it doesn't provide any education as to why this is other than, well, we're blaming carbs for the world's obesity problem. So those are some considerations and really the bottom line or the take home that we want you to get from this. So some claim that weight loss has occurred while following this diet. And that is likely and mostly related to the fact that these high protein foods have a very satiating effect. So when you 
say for example, are sitting down to eat a meal and you balance it with something like a decent serving of protein, say four to five ounces of protein, you will be satisfied in terms of that feeling of fullness. And you kind of mute that hunger feeling because protein one takes a long time to break down, but it has that satiating effect. It's kind of like fiber fiber has a fullness effect. So you feel, you will feel full longer. So you're not eating as much. Many of the meats included in this diet are also super high fat, which also is a satiating macronutrient fats in general, add flavor to food and a satiating effect, which is one reason when we are talking about how to balance snacks, one thing that, that I guide clients towards is don't eat your carbs naked. Now there's a time and place for sure. So like, if we're talking about like preparing for a race or you need to get some quick absorbing carbohydrates in your body, that's different. But as a general, like very easy guideline to follow is to think about pairing your carbohydrates with something else because carbohydrates by themselves are not as satiating. So there's, there's that piece. So overall individuals did not lose weight because this diet is magic much to the chagrin of those proponents of this diet. It's just like any other temporary shift in caloric intake that can elicit weight loss. If you cut something out, you're rebalancing that energy in versus energy out equation, which I will say oversimplifies how metabolism works, but yes, for weight loss to occur, there does need to be a caloric deficit. So that's what's going on with this diet and really any fat diet. If weight loss is an individual's goal, this is certainly not the safest in terms of both metabolically or, or physically, this is not the safest approach to take when it comes to wanting to change your eating pattern and, or just lose a little bit of weight. There are certainly other ways to go about it that are more balanced, more holistic, and does not work to demonize any one food group and any diet any eating pattern that is worth its value, its purported value is not going to demonize one food group over the other. And it's certainly not going to do another thing that drives me crazy with fad diets is we cut things out, but take $500 worth of supplements. That's another episode we can get into, but overall, there you have it. You have the, the history of it. It's an all meat diet. It's purported to aid in weight loss, improve mood, help regulate blood sugar, which there is again, no solid evidence that supports this. And here in the industry, in the health and fitness and nutrition industries, we use evidence-based information to support the work that we do. So always, always check with your physician or a registered dietitian. If you want to explore dietary options because you have a certain, maybe it's a physique goal. Maybe it is simply, I want to feel better goal. Just explore it with the right professionals. Don't go to Instagram or TikTok or the, the doctor's book. Remember Dr. Sean Baker, former orthopedic surgeon, co-founded Rivero, don't go someplace like that. Um, really a registered dietitian is going to be your best bet to help you formulate some sort of eating style that supports your needs and goals. I hope this episode has been helpful and we will catch you next time on episode two.